Hello and welcome back to Anointed Fire. I'm Tiffany Buckner and I want to talk to you about the spirit of offense. I want to talk about overcoming the spirit of offense, but I have to give a disclaimer. I am dealing with congestion, so my apologies, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to try to keep it under control. You may hear me sniffling or what have you just a little bit, but let's talk about the spirit of offense. So my first question to you, if you happen to wrestle with the spirit of offense and you may pause to kind of think about this, but my question to you is this, whenever you get offended with a person, one, how do you respond? Do you put them on punishment? I, I want you to answer that question. Um, and two, what is the goal of offense? Anytime, like if you're expressing offense toward a person, what is the goal? I want you to think about it. Take the moment out. I, like I said, you can pause this. I want you to think about it. What is the goal? Like if you're expressing your offense, let's say you are showing it on your face or you're not speaking to a person or what have you. What is the ultimate goal in that? You can't just say, I'm just angry and I need time to myself. That's not true. If you answer this accurately or truthfully, nine times out of 10, you'll say, well, the goal is to let the person know that they've offended me. Then the question is why? Why are you using that expression to let them know that they've upset you? Then you may say, well, you know, that's just the way that I communicated. Why don't you try having a conversation with them? What is wrong with a conversation? Let me tell you why. Nine times out of 10, if you are easily offended, you probably, um, and you're afraid to have conversations, you have probably been Ahab before. That means that you've dealt with a narcissist or what we call the Jezebel spirit. You've been probably in a relationship with somebody who twisted your words. They used your words against you. They were a lot smarter than you were as it relates to having conversations. Doesn't mean they were smarter, smarter than you, period. It means that they were more skilled. I'll say it that way. They were more skilled at negotiations than you. So when you sat down and whenever you had a discussion with them, it was probably a parent or somebody you were in a relationship with. Whenever you sat down and had a discussion about something, they twisted your words. They used a lot of emotionalism. They used a lot of uh, games, mind games. You know, they put you on punishment and all that. And so consequently now, rather than use your voice, you see, you got to see your voice was stolen. Rather than using your voice to communicate with the person that, you know, with people that you're offended out of fear that your words will be misconstrued out of fear that your words will be twisted. What you do, what you do now is you use your facial expressions because you figure, hey, the person should know, you know, hey, um, if it's a spouse, well, she knows why I'm upset or he knows why I'm upset. If it's a friend, well, he knows why I'm upset or she knows why I'm upset. You're using your facial expressions to communicate to a person that you are offended with them because you are afraid of having a conversation. Now, I want to suggest something to you. Try this. Do you know that if anybody does not respect your voice, that person should not be in your life? That's why you use your voice. Have a conversation with people. So let's say, for example, you're offended. You get offended with something and we're going to deal with that spirit of offense as well. But you get offended with something. Try asking questions. You will be amazed at how many relationships you've probably sabotaged or destroyed because of your feelings, because of a thought that you had that you did not communicate. If you walked up to a person and said, excuse me, can I talk to you right quick? And listen, I'm sorry. I know this is going to sound crazy. Please don't think I'm a crazy person because I promise I'm not. But 
I feel offended with you. And let me tell you why. And please let me know if I'm wrong. Because what in that you're giving a person a chance to be expressive. I've had people to do that with me and I love it. It doesn't bother me. Um, so that's that. This is what I feel. Oh, what have you? The reason I love it is because it is giving me the opportunity to say, hey, no, that's not how I am. That's not my character. I'm glad. No, this is what I meant or this is what I did. This is why I did it or what have you. And I found in 99.5% of those cases that the offense left right then and there. That's why I love communication, because right there in that moment, that person was able to say, ah, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The spirit of offense makes you afraid to have a conversation. It makes you afraid to do what God says whenever you are offended with your brother. Leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled to your brother. It makes you afraid of that because you are afraid that somebody is going to twist your words. But like I said, if you go up to a person, like if I'm talking to a a friend, somebody supposed to be a friend, and I try to have a conversation with her, and the first thing she does is start gaslighting and twisting my words or what have you, that tells me that's not my friend. Because what she's supposed to do in that moment is she's supposed to communicate with me. What she's supposed to do in that moment is to hear me out. And then at the same time, that does not mean that I'm going to get what I want, right? That does not mean that the conversation is going to end in my favor. It means that we're both willing to hear each other out and we're, we're willing to reason. So again, think about it. Why do you utilize the spirit of offense? I want you to understand that offense is a natural thing, but it's also a spirit. There is a spirit called the spirit of offense and it likes to get into people. It is a wound. It is an expression of trauma. So I want you to think of this. If a man had a bullet wound in his shoulder, you know, if it was a fresh wound or he, you know, something happened to his shoulder, what have you. And I walked up to that guy and he's in a, in a supermarket, right? He's over there looking, he's on the cheese out. He's looking at cheese. And I walk up to him and I put my hand on his shoulder. How would you think he would respond? Ow! What in the world do you think you're doing? You may curse or what have you. You know what just happened? That's, that area is tender. It's very sensitive. So when I touched it, even though I barely touched his shoulder, he would explode on me. That's how the spirit of offense works. So we are body, spirit, and soul. The soul is comprised of the mind, will, and emotions. The emotions are, are the expression of your heart. They are the expression of your mind. Your emotions are supposed to be very small. But anytime your emotions are big, that just indicates swelling. That means that you've been affected in your mind. That means there's trauma in your mind. So now your emotions are swollen to protect your heart from any further damage. I hope I'm making sense. Your emotions are swollen to protect, protect your heart from any further damage. So consequently, when your emotions are swollen, you're easily offended. So any slight thing that a person does... You will read into it. You know why? Because you're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to protect your heart. You're trying to protect yourself from being hurt. You're trying to protect yourself from being rejected. You're trying to protect yourself from being neglected. You're trying to protect yourself. Any slight thing that a person does, you may read into it. I think about situations where I've literally seen women. For example, I can be standing around talking to like, let's say it's three women and we're having a conversation. And we just start laughing, right? And we're not talking about anybody, literally not talking about anybody. We may be talking about one of the girls that's standing there. Like, let's say it's two girls. We're going to call one Ashley, one Mary. 
me, Ashley, and Mary can be standing there having a conversation. And in that, Ashley says, man, I'm lactose intolerant. And I'm like, girl, I was wondering what that smell. Listen, don't be coming up over here. And then Mary says, yeah, she always do that. So now we clown it, right? We clown and Ashley, we're just having a good time. Let's say somebody named Linda walks up. Linda happens to be standing not too far from us, but she can't hear our conversation. But one thing that she notices is that we're standing relatively close. And the reason we're standing close is because Ashley's kind of ashamed of her lactose intolerance. So the the level of sensitivity, you know, people get closer when they start discussing things that are embarrassing to them. But then that's a lesson on body language. But Linda's standing afar off and she notices that we are kind of really close, right? Not only are we really close, we are laughing our tails off. We are cracking up and Mary happens to be really animated. So Mary's one of those people that whenever she's laughing, she doesn't stand still. Like she's not going to laugh in your face. We got COVID-19, all that other stuff. So typically what Mary does whenever she's laughing, she spins around and she goes for a walk. You know, she kind of walks away and she comes back. Linda's standing from afar. If she's easily offended, you know what she's going to think? We clowning her. We're talking about her. And so she'll be over there rolling her eyes, thinking to herself, it's always like this. Women always act like this. Women this, that, that, that. And the whole time, like, we are literally not having a conversation about her. We are literally. Now, some people may argue, well, if you know that somebody's in the proximity, why why just, why have that conversation? Why not? they are responsible. Every human being is responsible for their own emotions. You can't make people's feelings or, or their spirits, your, your problem. You know, you can't sit up there and say, well, we can't laugh because we have people up in here that are easily offended and we don't want them to think a certain way. You know, I'll say this. I grew up in a house with that particular spirit. I have relatives that are very easily offended. I think of one uh, relative in particular, and she's an amazing, beautiful person, but she's just easily offended. Consequently, we can't talk. We we rarely ever talk on the phone because anytime we're having a discussion, you know, the spirit of offense enters the picture, enters the conversation. I wish I would get a notification on my phone. The spirit of offense has just entered the notification, uh, entered the conversation, but Typically, I can tell in some of the things that she says and some of the things that she does. And what's crazy about this particular spirit is the spirit of control. And I've said that to her. Um, and, you know, anytime it's into the picture, I'll always say, hey, listen, I'm not doing this. I'll always give my little warning, warning shot. Um, and then after that, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. And she'd be like, you always do it. And I'm like, no, I got to go. And I told her, I said, that's control. That has everything to do with control. You're trying to control another person. I'm not, I say, yes, ma'am, you're trying to control another person because what's the ultimate goal of offense? What is the objective of offense? The objective of offense is to tame a, pe- a person, is to t- teach them what not to do with you to keep you, because the Bible tells you, you know, you're supposed to have self-control. You're supposed to control yourself. You're supposed to hum- humble yourself. But whenever a person doesn't do that, they expect everybody else around them to keep them calm. They expect everybody else around them to keep them from being offended. They expect everybody else around them to keep them from um, feeling some type of way. So consequently, they have everybody walking on eggshells. And one thing I tell people is, you know, what's beautiful is the ability to be your freaking self. And whenever you're around a person, the ability to be you, to say, you know, whatever is in your heart. And I'm not saying be condescending, be mean or say negative things. No, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm saying 
to have a conversation without having to overthink what you're going to say because you're you're trying to walk on eggshells. To have a conversation with a person and say, you know, and just tell them, say, yeah, I was doing this and I was talking to this person and I did that or what have you. And not have that moment where you feel like you put your foot in your mouth. You know, to have that moment, if you say something that you feel like could be construed offensive, oh, girl, I mean nothing about it. Oh, girl, ain't nobody thinking about that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. You know, but whenever you have a person that, for me, I think... Like, for example, if you have a person that puts you on punishment behind a conversation, and I've had that happen many times, and people, you know, it's funny to me, I'm a patterns person. By the default, my dad helped me to understand that I've always been that kid. I've, I've, I realized that it's not something that I've learned to do. It's not a trauma response. It is actually the way that I'm wired. I am literally wired to catch patterns, to notice patterns. And I think, well, I know I'm, I'm wired like that because I'm a deliverance minister because patterns help me to understand what type of spirits that a person is dealing with. But my dad told me that when I was a kid, whenever we got in the car, you know, with people and he, he said, you know, like if I didn't know them, he said one of the things he noticed about me was that I would get in the car and I would be completely quiet. He said, like, if I was in the backseat with other kids, he said, I would just be completely quiet. I would let them talk or what have you. And then by the halfway through the journey or probably by the end of it i will have decided if i wanted to talk if i didn't like the people i wouldn't talk i wouldn't say a thing if i liked them i would open up and they couldn't shut me up i would become incredibly uh talkative but i'm a patterns person and being a patterns person one of the things i know for example when i'm put on punishment and i've I've said that to people <coughs> excuse me i've said that to friends because a lot of times when people put you on punishment, again, it's because they're afraid to communicate. Um, and one of the reasons people are afraid to communicate because people use the word confront. I tell people, I said, take that word out of your vocabulary and it'll make it easy to communicate with somebody. I say, you know, just say I need to have a conversation rather than saying I need to confront. Because whenever you say confront, it has negative connotations to it. So consequently, it'll be hard for you to have a conversation because you're thinking about confrontation. And when you think about confrontation, you're thinking about how the person is going to respond. So you're expecting sometimes or you're you're imagining some type of blow up or what have you know think about a meeting think about having a business meeting with a person you care about but um whenever you are communicating with a person like i've told my friends <clears throat> excuse me i've had friends in my life i've literally closed doors on people even friends because they were easily offended i remember this one well two in particular i i, I really closed the door <clears throat> excuse me because of their spirit of offense I got tired of walking on eggshells. I got tired of yelling. I got tired of defending myself. I got tired of that. It was just too much work. And I've often wondered how people can tolerate people like that. How can, and the Bible says, make no friends with an angry man, lest you learn his ways. So it's very difficult. I have one friend, we were friends for two years and I tolerated it for two years. It was, it was a lot. <clears throat> I talk on the phone with her and you know, we would talk and everything would be okay. But then she had those episodes and they became more and more frequent. It got to the point where if she called me, if I didn't answer my phone, she would be mad. She would, she would hang up and call me back. And I had this rule back in the day. I've never really been that good at answering my phone. I think the only time, to be honest with you, that I'm really good where I keep my phone on is if I'm dating. And I haven't been in the, I haven't dated in eight years, but other than that, my phone's on silent. Most of the time, my phone is on silent. When I wake up in the day, I don't remember to take it off silent. I keep it on silent because people call my phone all hours of the day and night. I've literally gotten calls at four in the morning. You know, people calling business, my business line and stuff like that. And 
because of that, I prefer because most of the time I'm going to bed about five or six o'clock in the morning and I prefer to keep my phone off rather than to go to bed at, let's say, six and then somebody blowing up my phone at eight o'clock because I would answer the phone with an attitude. I would be offended in that moment, especially if it's something stupid or one of my rules. If a person gets my number off the Internet, that is the most annoying thing to me because I've communicated that a ton of times, you know, like you got to go through the proper medium. You got to make sure that you book me for a coaching call and I don't have my coaching calls open, but still when I have them open, you know, people can book me for a coaching call. They will have to pay, but no, some people thought, no, I'm not paying. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find, I'm going to call her business line. Um, and then I'm just going to basically force her to talk to me. I'm when I, when she answered the phone, they be like, is this Tiffany? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. So my name is such and such. And uh, I was watching your video about the Jezebel spirit as I, I was watching your video about this. So I was watching your video about that. And so, okay, so this is what happened in my life. And I thank you so much for answering my call. So, and then they think they're going to sit there and talk to me for about 30 minutes and they're going to tell me all this stuff. And they think I'm going to spend the next 30, the next 30 minutes to an hour coaching them. And they're going to get off the phone and say, well, yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't book her. I just called her. That's an invasion of privacy. Well, well, it is an invasion. I don't want to say an invasion of privacy, but it's it's an invasion of it's just an invasion. It, it, it's just a person just trying to force. And I don't like control. I don't like anybody trying to force me to do anything. But. What was I talking about when it comes down to people, when it comes down to people and I'm trying to find out why I was telling that story, when it comes down to people, I prefer communication, period, point blank. I prefer communication. It's funny to me whenever I go through in one of those moments like that, when I go through one of those fogs um, where I'm like, what am I, what am I talking about? I laugh actually when my pastor goes through that because I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. But whenever I go through one of those fogs, like, okay, wh- where did I, how did I get here? But you always want to have it in your mind to communicate with people. You always want to have it in your mind. Okay, I need to have a conversation. It's okay to be frustrated. You know, it's okay to not know what to say to a person. It's okay, but it's always better to sit back and say, well, um, I care about this person. And so let me go and talk to them. So, okay, I think I know what it was. I was talking about old friends of mine. So I've had cases uh, that one old friend I was talking about, that was one of the things that she used to do was she would literally just get mad at me. She would get mad at me for not answering my phone. And I remember I had this um, coach at the time, this guy that was mentoring me and he was helping me out through a lot. Now, mind you, I was married at the time. I was married. I was going through some stuff. So I had this one guy, I'd known him before I had got married and um, he was a mentor. He was married. So with no hanky panky weird stuff going on. I know that don't mean anything, but no, honestly, he was a very integral man. Um, and he would talk, we would talk on the phone and him and his wife, you know, they would give me advice. I would talk to him mainly, but his wife would sometimes be in the background, but I used to love talking to him. I adored talking to him because he was so wise. And not only that, not only was he wise, he was. So I knew I met this guy when I had this, the, the hip hop website I used to have. Um, and he hired me to build his website. He was about to get put put on through Universal Records. Universal Records was really, really chasing this guy. And I, he wasn't somebody I was managing. He wasn't one of the artists I managed, but. He was Universal Records was really after this guy. This time I had a hip hop website. I had um, half naked models on my website as a Christian. But the thing about it was I made sure they were covered up. And that was my justification. I was still a baby Christ. And um, 
I met him. He was really cool. I remember his music was so unique. You know, there was something very distinctive about his music because I come across a lot of people, you know, because I was really working in hip hop. Um, I came across quite a few people that, you know, they had that distinctive sounds or what have you, but a lot of them just sounded alike. But he was very distinctive. Like you can tell he was not trying to pattern after anybody. He was just very distinctive. And one particular day I had my hip hop website. The Lord was dealing with me. The Lord was telling me to get rid of it. The Lord had been dealing with me. You know, you can't be double minded. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Lord was really hitting me. And I was trying to convince myself that it wasn't God. Because my hip hop website was doing really well, you know, it was bringing me a lot of attention, especially from the hip hop community. Uh, Everybody wanted to be featured on my website, even though when I think back to it, that website was not that well put together. Um, But it is what it is. He reached out to me, hired me to, you know, somebody told him about me. He hired me to design his website. He was one. His website was one of the best ones I did. And the reason was because. His music was so unique. I just, I put a lot of passion into his site. I always put passion in people's sites, but his, I was like, yeah, this, this guy's website has to say he's a millionaire. I was still relatively new to the website scene, but his website was one of my favorites. And, um, he loved it. And, you know, he would have to reach out to me to update his website. And I remember, you know, we would just have like these conversations every now and again. I remember at that particular time, he was separated from his wife at one point. And, um, he was separated from, so I didn't know anything about his marriage, his relationship. We never talked about that kind of stuff because he wasn't flirting. I wasn't flirting. I was in a relationship. I think, um, I met him before I ended up meeting my ex. So we would just, you know, we would just kind of talk. It was business for the most part. It was one of those business conversations where you kind of, you know, go off and talk about other stuff every once in a while. One day he reached out to me. He said, um, he said, hey, sis, how are you doing? I was like, I'm good. He was like, hey, can you do me a favor? He said, I know this is going to sound crazy. He said, but could you go delete my website? I'm like, wait, wait, wait what? Okay. <laughs> okay. What? He was like, could you go delete my website? He said, okay, so this is what happened. So he said he had an encounter with the Lord. Um, I don't remember if he said he had a visitation, but I remember he said he had an encounter with the Lord and the Lord told him to give it all up. And I was like, wait, hold, hold up, <laughs> hold up, run that by me again. And he was like, yeah, because he was literally in the process of getting ready to sign with Universal Records. Like he wasn't pursuing them. They were literally pursuing him. I don't remember the man's name, but man's name, that, but they were literally pursuing him. They had all the stuff together. They just needed him to come to the table. And he had been kind of putting it off because, you know, he would want, I guess he wanted to talk numbers. He wanted to kind of see if he can get their numbers raised or what have you. But he called me and to me, I'm like, your career is about to shoot through the roof. Your money is about to be crazy. Everything that you've asked for and wanted is right there. You got a nice looking website and dude's like, delete it. I was like, okay. So we talked and he started ministering to me. And from that point on, he became a minister in my life because my website was hip hop and the Lord had been dealing with me. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with hip hop. I'm talking about the con- the lyrics, the lyrics. So I used to manage artists, you know, um, and a lot of the lyrics were ungodly. You know, they were really ungodly. Not only that, you know, what I would do is I would require the, the clean version. Nevertheless, the clean version leads to the dirty version. I don't care. So. That was that. So um, I told him, I said, you know what? The Lord's been dealing with me as well. 
And I felt myself being emboldened. I felt myself being encouraged while I was on the phone with him. And I knew that if I hung up that phone, I wasn't going to delete that website. I said, could you hold on for a minute? He was like, what's up? I said, I want to delete my, so I deleted his website while we were on the phone. And I said, don't hang up. Let me delete mine as well. He was like, what? I said, yeah. I said, because I know this is God and I just, yeah, I need, I need to go ahead because he's been dealing with me as well. So I deleted my website. Listen, it was the, it was surreal to sit there because I probably had 200 pages on that website. You know, I had artist profiles, all that other stuff. Going through that, deleting, deleting, delete, 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 deleting content, deleting, deleting. It was, yeah, I know you probably say, well, why didn't you just go outside the website and delete the inside the website in its entirety? I don't think I knew how to do that or what have you. So I went page by page and hit delete. I went page by page and hit delete and I couldn't believe what I was doing. And I knew, okay. I'm probably going to pay for this. And um, I wasn't married to my ex at the time, but I do remember he gave me, you know, the Bible says the, uh, the Lord will give you a way of escape. He gave me a way of escape then because the next day my ex was like, hey, try to go on your website. Where's your website at? I'm like, I deleted it. He said, what? I said, I deleted it. And he hung up the phone in my face. <laughs> he hung up the phone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, maybe I got disconnected because, yeah, no, he, there's no way he hung up the phone. So I called him back. I was like, hey, I got disconnected. He was like, no, I hung up. I was like, wait, what? He was like, hey, why would you hang up? He said, why would you delete that? You didn't even talk to me. And I'm like, God told me to. He said, you didn't talk to me. I said, I don't need to talk. God told me to do that. Um, That was something that God was laying on my heart or what have you. So that's neither here nor there. But my point is, don't walk around this earth being easily offended. It is a spirit. If you find that you're easily offended, that means that you have trauma. There's trauma there that you have not addressed. There's trauma there that, and one of the things that you, the way you deal with trauma is through information. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but honestly, it's just having a conversation. If you never had a conversation with the people that hurt you, and sometimes those doors are closed and you don't need to reopen them, but it is good to have a conversation with a trauma specialist, AKA a therapist, and to talk about those things that you feel, talk about those situations. You know, like, let's say, I think the greatest offense is typically parental uh, offense and uh, relational offense. Like if I was in a relationship with a dude and you know, if, if it, especially if it was a pattern, you know, I, I was in a relationship with this dude and it didn't work because he cheated. I was in a relationship with that dude and it didn't work because he cheated. And I started getting hurt. I, 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 I mess up and get wounded in that. It's always good for me to have a conversation. You know who my therapist would need to be? A Christian, maybe a Christian male therapist. Now, there's not to say that's not to say that I shouldn't get a female because women have an insight as well. But a male could give me more insight into the mind of a man. He would say, okay, so this is what happened. Here, here's your sign. Uh, when he told you this, then what you were supposed to do, you were supposed to back off. He, he, like right then, I'm telling you right now. I've had conversations with plenty of men. I've had men um, that were mentoring me. And they would tell me, I'm talking about give me the 411. Um, I got mentorship in the world when I was in the world I got that but it was unofficial mentorship through cousins through relatives or what have you but they would tell me hey these dudes out here I'm I'm telling you right now no nah, you ain't about to be like that I mean, you ain't you not gonna be that girl ain't nobody gonna run through you or what have you but they made sure that they gave me insight they made sure that they told me um what to look out for or what have you in other words I have street smarts <laughs> as well as spiritual uh wisdom you know what have you 
I'm saying that because again, the spirit of offense is running prep um is running rapid. And if you have that, it's not alone. I want you to hear me with that. The spirit of offense. If you find the spirit of offense, and, and, and this is a demonology lesson real quick. If I come across the spirit of offense in a person, I also know that I'm going to have to come across the spirit. Uh, I'm going to have to combat or bind the spirit of witchcraft and control. I'm going to have to bind the spirit of witchcraft and control because the goal of offense is to control the person, to control another person. That's the goal of offense. The opposite of that, where God tells you, you know, leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled is communication. And I'm going to tell you, communication is so beautiful and I wish people knew it. I'm one of those people, you know, if you have you ever tried something and you wanted somebody else to try it because it's so good. And you just like if they tried, they'll really like it. But then you try to get the people to try it, but they don't. And so what you do, you go out there and you buy it for them. You're like, let me just buy it. And maybe you'll try it then and then you give it to them and you're like, call me, let me know. And you talk to them later and they're like, no, I haven't tried it yet. And you're frustrated because you're like, girl, listen, if you would only try this and that's how it is. I'm one of those people because I know how powerful communication is. I'm really passionate about that. I believe I'm one of those people. And you probably hear, heard me talking about it more and more recently because, you know, I have to, t- I have to communicate that with my students. I've had plenty of students that have left the program um, because of offense. And honestly, it's a lot of stuff that could have been resolved in a, I don't want to say a conversation because, um, I'm not going to stop everything that I'm doing to set up a, a phone call to talk to them about something they're offended about. But it could have been uh, resolved like when we have a question and answer segment or something like that. Or maybe send, shooting an email, but it could have been resolved. Nevertheless, they took offense. I think immediately about this one student um, that was, you know, she was a big so- seesaw. She was always sowing a seed. Every time, probably once a week, uh, she was sold $200. But the thing I tell people is I'm not controlled by money, right? You can't buy me. I'm not for sale. If you give a seed to a person and it's to control them, that's that's not a seed. That's bait. That's a that's a mechanism of control. And I honestly thought all was well. I didn't think anything was wrong. And then one day I get a long email from her accusing me of having favorites and saying that, you know, um, I have certain people that I respond to on the message board and all that. And... I just wrote it back. Be blessed. I wrote it back. Be blessed. But I've had students that have asked me questions and said, Miss Tiffany, I kind of feel like this. And I've, I've had a conversation because they took, I, for me, they took the time out. And you know something, when a person takes the time out, that says that they care about me. When they take the time out, because when a person wants to fix it, that means that they care. When a person decides, hey, I'm distancing myself from you or I'm going to get mad at you and put you on punishment. That says to me that they don't care. And my thing is this, why am I going to care if you don't care? You know, because then I'm setting myself up to be hurt. But I always appreciate students that said, you know, um, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I felt like you were showing favorites toward this person. And I'm able to express like, no, ma'am, there's this thing called algorithm. And so with algorithm, because she's very active on the message board, uh, because, you know, she tags me, and she does that. So consequently, because I engage or we have engaged quite a bit. I'm going to see her post. I'm not a scroller. And I tell people that don't get offended with me with, for, about social media. That's the dumbest thing in the world for me. I want to call it dumb. It's just silly. But don't get offended with me about social media because I'm not a scroller. I'm not on social media all the time. I don't care if you see my light on. I got computers in my house, right? And I'm always working on one. I got one downstairs. I don't close my computers down at night. 
I don't think people realize that, but I don't close them down. I got one downstairs. It just goes to sleep. That's what my computers do. They go to sleep. I got one downstairs. I got one upstairs in the um, other room. I'm on my phone right now, which of course has a computer within itself. I have another phone. I have a laptop that I don't really use. Um, what else? I have an iPad that I haven't been, that hasn't been in use, but the, I'm logged into Facebook on my upstairs computer and my downstairs computer. Yep, and I got another computer in the uh, other room. But I'm logged. I'm logged into Facebook on those computers. The, the, one of them I'm not. Um, that's my guest computer. So that's like when somebody comes over. Um, I just let them, especially kids or what have you, because they always want to get on your computer and they'll mess some stuff up on you. But I'm saying all that to say, when people come over to my house, you know. I'm logged out of Facebook, regardless if they come over or not. This is what I was saying. I'm logged in. So you may see my light on. I'm not there. And it's, it's, it's sad to me, honestly, today. It's sad that I have to have that conversation. I got to explain to people that, okay, because you see my light on, doesn't mean I'm there because they feel entitled to me. Maybe I didn't respond fast enough to an inbox message. You know, they said an inbox message and I didn't respond fast enough. Um, maybe they shared my status and I didn't share theirs I don't know but people walk around easily offended for the silliest of things to me and I'm like listen that's one another reason people don't communicate their offenses when they know that they're silly you can know something is silly but you can't explain it you just know it still offends you right you know because it makes you feel some type of way it typically has everything to do with how you interpret it. it has nothing to do with the behavior of the person it has everything to do with how you interpret it Milo my dog is snoring, but <laughs> it has everything to do with how you interpret it, right? Um, if I'm on Facebook, I'll tell you something that I do. If, you, if you're on Facebook, you'll notice something that I do. Let's say if I post up a status, a lot of times when people comment, I don't respond to the comments, right? Because sometimes, especially if there's a lot of comments, I try not to respond. But sometimes I'm on Facebook and I'm on, I may post a status, and people come in the comment section and uh, what I'll do is if I hit love, because typically I hit love, I don't hit like, I think like is really funny to me, but I'll hit the love icon or, you know, unless the person says something crazy, I just, yeah, I'm probably going to delete their comment, but I hit the love icon. I, if I do that for one person, you'll notice that I go down my whole thing and do that. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to not offend people. Because I've had it happen plenty of times on Facebook where I've had people that, you know, you do that and you accidentally overlook a person. Like you think you've loved everybody's uh, status or, you know, everybody's response and you happen to accidentally skip over a person. And that person will look at it and say, oh, see, I knew that girl didn't like me and what have you. They're like, I'm the only one out of all of those that you didn't like. And I'm like, I promise you, I did not do that intentionally or what have you. But the spirit of offense is bringing folks under its control. And that's one of the things I've thought about, too. I said, I have to stop. Um, I have to stop trying to walk. I have to stop walking on eggshells with people because just because they're easily offended and, and just basically go through there. I like some because I may I may post up a status now, you know, because it's four in the morning, almost five in the morning. Um, I may post up a status. That's normal for me. I may post up a status right before I go to bed because, you know, my brain is still working. It's still fired off. What have you? If I have, if I hear something deep or something good or something revelatory, even something funny in my spirit, I probably post it up. If somebody happens to be up with me, 
before I go to bed, before I, and I see that little light coming on saying, you know, I got a notification. I click that thing and it shows me this person responded. I may click laugh. I may respond or what have you. Later that day, by the time I wake up again, I have a, a bunch of responses. It doesn't mean I'm obligated to respond to all those people, right? It doesn't mean, but typically if I respond to one, I'll go ahead and respond to the rest because like I said, the spirit of offense is prevalent and you you never know what people are thinking. You, I came to understand that it's really surprising how many people have some type of thought process going as it relates to you and how they feel like you see them. I found that really amazing, especially women. You know, a lot of times with women, women can be really subconscious, very self-conscious, not subconscious, but self-conscious. Uh, to the point where a woman, if she looks up to you, if she thinks highly of you, she can start thinking about, you know, what you think about her. How do you feel about her? And she, because she doesn't know it, she looks for signs. You know, she looks for different things that you do to give her any type of indication as to what you feel about her. And if let's say, for example, you overlook the fact that she commented and you comment on everybody else's stuff and you don't comment on her comment, she'll take that as, oh, you don't like her. You, you know, you, you don't like her. And then she'll take that as you judged her and she'll start, she may even start crying and thinking to herself, she judged me prematurely. I'm not a bad person. If she had got to know me, she would have seen that I'm a good person, but no, it's women like her, you know, they, they never get to know a person. And the whole time I could, oh, I could be in genuinely overlooked her stuff. I'm not a petty person. You know, I'm not that person that does, I don't do things maliciously, but I'm just saying that to say, how beautiful is a world that you don't have to go through explaining all that? How beautiful is a world where you can just sit back and be yourself and um, somebody can say, you know, you accidentally do something. Um, I, I remember one particular time I was teaching at my church and I was giving shout outs. I gave shout outs to everybody that preached before me and I accidentally forgot to give a shout out to one of the ladies that had preached before me. And I didn't think about it while I was on the stage. I didn't think about it. My brain didn't go there. It wasn't until I got off the stage and I was, it was like later that day, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Ooh, did I say, and I went back and I pulled, I was like, let me go. And, um, I went and found a video and I rewound it till I found that part and I should have. And I walked up to her and I said, listen, I am so sorry. And you know what was beautiful? She said, no, 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 no. I said, I said, did I? I, no, I didn't rewind. I asked her because I didn't get a chance to rewind. I said, did I give you a shout out? She was like, no. I said, I am so sorry. She said, oh, we're, we're kingdom. It's a no offense. You know how freeing that was for me? Because gen- genuinely in my heart, I genuinely did not. Because I think she's an amazing person. I know she's an amazing person. And um, it was just one of those moments where you're, you know, you're right there in the middle. And you're not really thinking. You're trying to remember everybody and you forget. Which is why a lot of times we won't give shout outs to people because we know that we may forget. But to go up to her and I'm like, I am so sorry. I, I promise you I didn't mean anything by it. And she was like, no, 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 no. You know, um, it, it, it happens or what have you. It made me love her all the more because that's freedom. That's freedom. That's the freedom to be. <laughs> that's the freedom to live. That's the freedom to to make that, you know, make a mistake and not be terrified or, or traumatized behind it. Not to feel like, oh, my gosh, now uh, now that I made that mistake, now I'm on punishment. Now that I made that mistake, now she's going to think this type of way about me and I got to prove myself all over again. I'll say this as it relates to me. And this is something you can communicate with the people around you as it relates to me. I, I tell this to people. I say. 
never be offended with anything that I do because I'm really not a malicious person. I don't do things to be malicious. I don't do things to to hurt a person, to trigger a person, or to even passively communicate. I don't do that kind of stuff. For me, I'm more straightforward. I like communication, right? I like communication, but typically I'll give you the amount of communication that you get. Uh, but that's how you have to do. You got to be willing to communicate. Now, I will say this. At other times, I will call you out. I will call you out. And I'm talking about, I'll be like, listen, sis, <laughs> I see this behavior. I notice the pattern. You can try to act like I'm crazy if you want to. It's something you got to stop. And I, I love it because what it does is a lot of times people get free enough to, to open their mouths and say, okay, okay, so some people try to gaslight you and other people will go ahead and communicate and say, hey, I do apologize or what have you. And then they start talking about traumas that they've experienced. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get that part. Uh, but your best way to, you know, to be expressive um, as it relates, just try this, try that. And when they start trying it, they realize that, hey, you know what, Tiffany, this is actually really good. I'm telling you that because for me, and I can honestly say this, I believe because of my passion toward communication that that's going to be one of my fields at some point is to really teach people how to communicate. You can get my book of boundaries. I deal with communication there, but to really teach people how to communicate with other people without fear of offense, without fear of repercussions. You know, when you communicate with a person, you have to deal with the consequences of what it is that you communicated. If a person doesn't allow you the freedom to communicate with them, then like I said earlier, that person is probably too close. And again, that doesn't mean you should be able to say what you want to say or be insensitive. You know, don't wait. Like if somebody's sitting up there and they're like, okay, I'm about to uh, go give my dissertation. And you're like, oh, excuse me, let me talk to you right quick. Let me first tell you that you offended me. No, let them give their dissertation. So you got to be sensitive in the moment. The spirit of offense is a spirit. Again, it works with control and witchcraft and anything that comes with control and witchcraft. There's probably going to be Jezebel there. It is narcissism. It is a is relative narcissism. Not to say that you have the Jezebel spirit, but you may have it. And if Jezebel is there, Leviathan is there. Leviathan is a spirit of pride. It's a spirit of pride. Leviathan, anytime you come across Je- Jezebel, oh, you can bet your by golly wild Je- Leviathan is a part of the lineup. He's there. He's a spirit of pride. He's going to make you stubborn, make you not be able to receive correction, not, you know, make you feel because what Leviathan does is he twists your words. That's what he does. He's a twisting spirit. That's what the Bible calls him. He's a twisting spirit. So what he does is if I'm communicating with you and I say something, Leviathan twists my words. So the, the Leviathan, I can say, let's say if I'm married and I said to my husband, um, babe, you have, you honestly, you got to really, you have, let me, I'm trying to think of a, a correction, something, let's see, babe, you got to start putting the toilet seat down because honestly, I'm tired of, you know, almost falling in. You got to pick, you know, once you're done, pull it back down and please try to wipe your pee. What Leviathan does will twist my words. So Leviathan will come. And so that man looks at me and say, so what you saying is, wait, wait, hold on. Let me see if I hear you right. What you saying is that I'm a nasty, disgusting human being that you don't, you hate that you're married to. What in the world? How did, how did all that come out of there? No, I said, put the toilet. That's literally what I mean. Put the toilet seat down and wipe up your pee. 
I know you used to be in a bachelor, okay? I know that. I know you used to kind of shooting all over the place, but now it's time for you to have a little bit of control. Uh, but could you clean your clean up behind yourself? And there's a toilet brush. Clean that toilet up behind yourself. So you telling me a man can't crap in his own house? Yeah, you can. But I don't want to see your shrieks, okay? So could you just do that? But Leviathan twists what you said. Leviathan takes it where you mean one thing and then the person starts to twist. Remember I said earlier that if you are afraid to express yourself, but instead if you're afraid to express yourself vocally, uh, chances are you probably dealt with Leviathan. You've dealt with Jezebel. You've had your voice stolen from you. So consequently, you are a nonverbal communicator. So what you do is you use your facial expressions. Uh, You know, you use... Uh, punishment like if you're married you probably use withholding sex and stuff like that which is that's all witchcraft honestly it's all witchcraft you utilize those things to get your point across and that's because you're a fear you're you are afraid that somebody will twist your words you are afraid that if you say what you want to say that somebody will twist your words that's not true that's not true when i'm talking to people if they twist my words i know not to talk to them it's as simple as that. If I'm talking to somebody and the person comes and they start twisting my words, then I know, okay, I can be cool with a person from a distance. That, that's just me. I can be cool with them from a distance. I ain't got to have them all up close to me. I can be cool with them. See them. Hey, sis, how are you? You look pretty today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, girl, where you get them shoes from? And still keep her at a distance because she's not that mature. And because she's not that mature, I'm not going to bring her too close. I don't have to cut her off, be demeaning toward her or humiliate her. I don't do those type of things. So what I do is, you know, I let people know everybody that comes into my circle. I let them know, hey, you're best out. You can communicate with me. So that is to say to you, learn to communicate with people, but also give them the ability to communicate with you. God said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else is of the evil one. That means that anything, any type of manipulation is from the devil. That is from the evil one. It's from the enemy. Let your yes be yes. Let it be plain. Hey, you got some money? Yes. Can I have some? No. Hey, um, are, are you about to go to here? Yeah. Would you like company? No. It's okay. You know, it should yes be yes. Let you know be no. And I tell people, don't explain everything. Because then people will always try to find a way to, you know, come out of it or what have you. But you, you just tell people yes and no. And if somebody starts tw- twisting your words, I think about this one time. I had an aunt to call me, hadn't heard from this aunt in maybe 10, 15 years and had this aunt to call me and I missed her call and I don't, I, she had got my number from another aunt and um, I missed her call. I remember I was living in my mom's house at the time and I went to the bathroom and when I came out, I had a missed call and when I, I saw, I had a voicemail because I didn't know who the call was from because she wasn't in my phone. I listened to the voicemail and boy, was she going off. She was like, first and foremost, if you don't want me to have your MF number, I ain't got to have such and such told me what you said. You don't want me calling you. And oh my gosh, I went all that. I I was saved, but I was a babe. And I called her back and I went off. I went off because first and foremost, what she said, another aunt said, I don't even talk to that aunt like that. So it wasn't true. I hadn't told the other aunt anything. And secondly, I told her, I said, I don't fool with you because y'all always been messy. I don't deal with messy folks, uh, what have you. But I'm saying that to say communication is better than accusation. Communication, like for her, for example, it would have been better for her to reach out and say, hey, 
I'm just reaching out to check with you. Um, I hope all is well. Give me a call back. I really want to have a conversation with you. Right. And then get on the phone and say, hey, so um, I hope that I hope all is well. How's everything your way? OK, so, yeah, I want to I want to ask you a question and I'm, I promise I'm not trying to be offensive, uh, but I really want to talk. I really value you as a person. And in that, um, so I was talking to such and such and she told me that you didn't want me calling you. Did I do anything? And I would have easily said, I didn't tell her that. I don't even talk to her like that. I've never had, I never had that conversation with her. Never had that conversation with her. But, you know, I, I'm not surprised. And then right then and there, it would have been resolved. But instead, I ended up calling back and going off. And um, I called her back on the phone and I was going off. And she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should have listened to her. You know, I know how. But I'm saying that that's the long way. That's the long way. And it made me, it reminded me like, okay, this is why I don't talk to a lot of them because I don't like mess. I don't like that drama stuff. I think it's stupid. I think it's crazy. I think it's easy to sit down and communicate with a person. So again, what, remember the Bible says, if you have a fence with your brother, leave your gift at the altar, go be reconciled to your brother. Then come and give you a gift. Don't be just walking around this church and snatching your wig off and running laps and you run right past somebody that you offended with. You got to sit there and have a conversation with that person, even if it's uncomfortable. It only makes you wiser. It makes you bolder and it makes you stronger. And it makes it, you know, something I think this is what uh, having conversations has done for me. It makes it where it's easier for you to talk to a person It's easier for you to because you already know you have confidence that it's not going to end in confrontation. Like I said, remove the whole idea of confrontation. You after a while, you come to realize that it actually if the person is relatively mature. That it's going to go well. Now, if you know the person is in between, you know, the person is going to act up, then there's another approach. You still got to communicate with them. Um, but the best thing to do is to come to them with a solution. And I tell people to do that anyhow, rather than coming to people and telling them what your problem is, you know, try telling them a solution. And at the same time, excuse me, be very mindful of how you, how close you bring people to you. Listen, in closing, it is easy to get offended it takes strength for you to sit there and control how you feel. It takes, a, it takes wisdom to sit back and say, let me be quiet. Let me not respond. Let me not get angry. And catch this. Don't express it through your actions as well. Because some people be like, I don't say nothing, Tiffany. See, that's, that's what's wrong. See I'm already there. No, you may be expressing it through your actions. Like I said, if, if I'm dating a guy... And I normally get a good morning text and you know, he's been doing that. Let's say three months and for three months uh, or two months, every morning I wake up, I look and there's a good morning text. You know, every afternoon I wake up, I wake up in the afternoon, I wake up in the afternoon. I look and it says eight o'clock um, from your dude or what have you, whatever dude. But I see that from him. You know, what's ha- what happens? I've come to expect that now. I've come to expect that. That's a pattern of his. Any alteration to the pattern lets me know that there's trouble in paradise. So if I wake up one morning and I don't see that, I work at one afternoon and I don't see that. Okay, it's normal. It's probably, you know, anything could have came up or what have you. Next day, I still don't see it. Okay, yo, what's up? <laughs> what's up? What, what what happened? Um, And I can reach out and say, hey, are you good? Um, or, you know, most of the time, if you're dealing with somebody that plays games, they're going to, you know, hit the hang up button, send you the voicemail or what have you. Now I'm gonna tell you me personally at that stage, I probably don't want to talk to that person anymore because it's stupid to to behave like that. Uh, but he may answer the phone and say, um, 
You ain't gonna lie, I was offended. Okay, what did I do? And why didn't you tell me that I did it? Why didn't you tell me that's something that, that bothers you? Hear me when I say this. First, you gotta ask yourself, is is it reasonable? Am I having reasonable expectations? Secondly, if you feel like you are justified in your offense, communicate it. Communicate it to the person. And also be willing for the, to allow the person to to express what they feel and express what they believe and be willing to compromise. Be willing to compromise because you will find in many cases that what you were thinking about or how you were seeing a thing was silly. I've had that many times where I've talked to people and at the end of it, I realized that Tiffany, what you were thinking was silly. That wasn't that good. Or they realized what they were thinking was silly and it wasn't that good. And we were able to get off that line or come out of that meeting. Like, you know what? I'm so glad we talked about this. That's one thing I love about communication is typically in 80, I would say 90% of the cases, 95% of the cases, um, you typically come out of it saying, I'm so glad we had this conversation. And it makes it, it gives you an open door policy with that person where you feel safe. You know, um, every relationship that you have, there should be a level of safety there. But it makes you feel safe enough to go to that person and to express what you're feeling. And then at the same time, be willing to allow them to correct you. Going back to this sister in Christ of mine, me and her, at this uh, sister in Christ, that we have really, we have gone at each other. I'm not sure if I recorded on here. I was talking about another message. I think it's one I shut down. Uh, allergies was acting way too crazy. But yeah, we have, I've known her for a while now and we have had those moments. We've only had, I've known her about four years. Yeah, I've known her about four years. And in the four years I've known her, we've had those moments where we were like rams, right? Um, because we are both we are both alpha females. And when I say that, I'm not saying controlling because a lot of people have a misunderstanding what it means to be an alpha. It just means, I'm going to say it this way. It typically means that a woman is accustomed to doing everything on her own. That's all it is. It means that she's a go-getter. Um, typically, it means that she is a take charge type of person as it relates to her life. Um, it doesn't mean that she's controlling. It doesn't mean because controlling is a problem. Um, it doesn't mean it just means that, you know, she knows what she wants. And that's that. There is nothing wrong. I honestly, from my experience, I've noticed that most alpha females are, are married. In my experience with alpha female, females, and I'm not just saying this because I'm one. My genuine experience with alpha females are that they make amazing wives. I'm just thinking about a couple of ladies in my church and people that I know. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen a, an alpha female cheat. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that. Jezebel is not an alpha female, guys. That that that, that has to be understood. Uh, Jezebel is not an alpha female. Typically, they have to control people. Um, when you're dealing with an alpha female, they like to be in control of their business and stuff like that. They don't want to control people. Alpha females, for the most part, just want to go and do their thing. But th like I said, this particular sister in Christ, me and her, we've had our moments because she's done things I didn't like. And I made it clear because I'm not a, I don't communicate by this disassociating or acting crazy. Um, I made it clear. I said, hey, I need to talk to you. And I told her, I was like, listen, I didn't like that. Um, and she was like, well, wait, I didn't, you told me that. I'm like, no, I told you that. And she's like, but no, 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 Tiffany, see, you know, you're doing that again. But I'm saying that to say we've had some hard conversations, really hard conversations to the point where we were both kind of raising and we didn't get disrespected with no name calling or anything like that. But the thing about it was, I think what I respected about her and what she respected about me is the fact that we were willing to stay on the phone and have that hard conversation, no matter how uncomfortable it got. No matter how uncomfortable it got, 
you know, when I sat back and I'm like, okay, well, you do what you want to do. When he got to that space where, you know, the person is just being a bullhead and I'm just like, you know what, it's your life. No, no. You see, I'm, I'm trying to communicate with you, Tiffany. I'm trying. I'm like, no, I told you. So, and she's like, I'm trying to communicate. And I'm like, okay, so this is what I feel. Like I told you that right there. I felt like that was wrong. So in the future, this is what I, you always got to have those conversations with, uh, with, you know, with some type of solution. But, you know, having those conversations, what it, what it, I'm going to tell you what it entailed to me. When we were having those conversations, it, it let me know that she wanted to be a long-term fixture in my life. Because e- she could have easily been like, you know what, forget you. It let me know that she wanted to be a long-term fixture. And I'll be honest with you, I had that one moment in my t- in, in, in time where she had really got on my nerves. Like, for real, she got on my nerves. And this was a few years ago. She really got on my nerves. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm kicking her to the curb. I'm done. I don't, I don't feel like fooling with her no more um, or what have you. And honestly, she was wrong in it. You know, it was, it was just a little situation. But I was just mad. I was really mad at her. And she came up to me and it was funny. She came up to me um, at church. I was leaving out in the parking lot, heading toward my car. She stopped me. She said, I got this sense that you think you're getting rid of me. <laughs> and I'm looking at her. She was like, I'm your sister for life. So we're going to fight. We're going to do this. But you know what? We in this for life. But you know what? That was me behaving like a child and her behaving like an adult. Me behaving like a child in that moment and her behaving like an adult. And we we talked about that. We laughed about that. But that's the thing. We have to learn how to have relationships with people and not think that offense means that that's the benediction or that we have to express offense by hurting people. Honestly, you don't because it only births distrust. And I know a lot of times I think what happened is a lot of times we have never had anybody to communicate that with us. And so consequently, we come up in a family of offended folks. And so we go around, we use it, right? We walk around and somebody make us mad. Now we walking around giving folks the cold shoulders and acting the same way, certain way. And then whenever we kind of get over it, we just kind of expect them to be over it. But no, it doesn't work like that because now there's some distrust there because now for me personally, um, my thought is I can't trust you with my heart. I can't trust you to be my friend. I can't trust you because you've already shown me that if I make you mad, then what you're going to do is you're going to try to break me. And I don't like that. So make make it a point to communicate. That is the that is the lesson here. Communicate your offenses and I always tell people do a sorting method first. Always ask yourself, like, first and foremost, do I have a right to be offended? How would I have liked this person to respond? Like, what is the correct response? Um, and if you find that it's silly, you rebuke yourself and say, that's silly. I shouldn't expect that of that person. Then after that, do a sorting method. You sort what belongs to you. I always call it like folding the clothes. Sort what belongs to you versus what belongs to you. So find out what you did wrong. I should have did this. I should have said that. And then put the other person's stuff up and put it in order. And so it's like now you go take them their clothes. You've already separated yours. So you go to the person. You say, hey, first and foremost, I want to apologize for, you know, I behaved like this. I shouldn't have done that. And I just wanted to apologize to you. OK, uh, because I really respect you and I really want to, you know, I want to be a long time fixture in your life. I want to be this person or what have you. I really respect you as a person. Uh, but, uh, something you did, I was a little offended with it, but here's a solution. And then you communicate that. And most of the time you'll find that people respect you enough to say, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that that was offensive, but you got to, like I said, give them the ability to say no. Cause it, I don't want you to think that it means that you're going to come away from that conversation having what you want, 
because sometimes you have to learn how to come away from a conversation where there's compromise and there are other times where there is no compromise because it could be relatively unrealistic to the person. But be willing to hear people out and give people the green light to be. I'll tell you this, when people have the grace to be, when you just let them be, they love you so much more for it because all of us want to feel safe. None of us want to give our hearts or have friends or even lovers in our lives that we don't feel safe with. We want to have that safety. We want to know that if I mess up, if I say something crazy, if I do something crazy, and I'm not talking about anything traumatic, but if I do something that I still got, you still got my back. All right. Anyhow, love you. I hope this message blessed you and God bless you.